0: I put it to anybody, go do a survey. I'm not going to do it, but go do a survey. If you survey people in the workforce, they would say, you know what? The problem isn't so much my job. The problem isn't even really so much the pay. I mean, yeah, I could get a little bit more ambitious, start a side hustle, maybe open up my own business, maybe go back to, you know, maybe up my skills. So it's not so much the pay that bothers me about the job. That's my own thing to address. It's not so much the work. I can handle the work. The work's okay. You know what really chaps my ass about work? The people. It's always the people. It's always these mental patients that impose upon you for no fucking reason other than they're miserable. And this working from home thing since COVID-19, I mean... Kiss those assholes goodbye. You know? Never mind that. Zoom chats! Zoom conference! You know? So, you know, you're never free of them. But, uh, it's just sickening that that's the norm. You know? Type of shit that makes you sick to your stomach. You know? But, I'm glad I saw that. And... I put that out there to anybody. Very important things to keep in mind if you want to be successful in the workplace and if you want to be successful in starting your own business. I mean, I'm somebody who's very much aware of these things and I still take the bait because I got that ego and I got that anger. And I got that resentment. And I have to drop it. I'm halfway there. Some people don't believe you can be halfway there. You have to be or not be. But, you know, I'm halfway there. You know? I don't impose upon people. I don't feel a need to state my case to people. But I overreact when I'm imposed upon. And much of that is due to my artistic temperament. My freedom of mind is what I need in order to do JR the P, my comedy, my acting, my life, my personal sovereignty. I need that space. And when people impose upon it, really fucking rustles my feathers, boy. You know, I really shit the bed when people be squawking at me getting up in my face, you know?
1: This is the song of a lonely, can you hear me tonight? When you hear this prayer, someone's there, I'll be by your side. This is a song of a lonely, when your dreams don't come
0: true. Boy <clears throat> smokes, ugh. Ugh, cat caught my tongue. It's your old chuckle buddy. Yes, it's who? Game at the James Ram Rat. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent July 10th, in the year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan the podcast. Telling you folks, the government spying on me. Those motherfuckers can't leave a sleeping dog lay, you know what I mean? Let sleeping dogs lie. Back the fuck up off me. The government's on my ass. I'm watching YouTube the other day. I don't know what I was watching. You know, how to make peanut butter. How to, you know, do this, do that. I was actually watching, like, some Asian man in uh, China building an apartment in the side of a cave. You know, really interesting stuff. He's like, like, Chop it into the side of a mountain with, like, a pickaxe. And then, like, he renovated this, like, little cave into like a one-bedroom apartment complete with running water. Like they, they hooked up like a little, like it was like a little, I don't know, it was like a bamboo shoot that would like collect rainwater. It had Wi-Fi, you know, a little koi fish pond. The whole kit and caboodle, folks. Really interesting. Anyway, I'm watching this Chinaman doing beautiful work, craftsmanship construction on YouTube. I hear like this, uh, somebody's jamming something under my door. What the hell's going on? I go and I open my door. There's this little woman, you know, she's like shoving a paper under my door. She stands up. She goes, "Ah? hello. She had a mask on too, right?
1: Census form. Here's your census form.
0: Here's your census form. She's she's jamming a fucking Canadian census under my door. I'm looking at her, right? I'm like, uh, no thank you. And then she goes, but it's the law.
1: It's the law. Slam.
0: I slam the door on her. It's the law. Slam. The government was sticking papers under my door. A census. It's the law. Well, what the fuck is a tax return? It's the same questions, isn't it? Income. Marital status. Dependence. How many members to a household? What the clut fuck? Do you think I'm stupid? Hey... There's something awfully
1: squeezy going on around here. Uh, uh, uh Oh, that wascowey rabbit. That wascowey Wuhan rabbit, you know?
0: <coughs> now, I ain't trying to shit the bed over this. But since COVID-19, you know, who can trust anybody? Let's be honest. Everybody's out to fuck you. So it's like, okay, yeah, census. It's the law, apparently, right? Well, pfft. come on, I'm 34 years old. I've never felt out a census. I'm not going to. They try to fucking um, fear monger you into, like, complying. Fill out the papers. Where's your papers? And, you know, I mean, a census is something that's conducted regularly, yearly. This has been going on pre-COVID-19, so... But I have a feeling something's in conjunction, conjunction, junction. What's your function? Something's in cahoots with census and COVID-19. I can smell it, you know, while I still have my sense of smell because I haven't been vaccinated. But I can smell it. Something's coming down the pipeline with them censuses. Boy, they're going to be asking questions about COVID. Hoop it up your ass, you know. COVID-19, bunch of mumbo jumbo, hogwash, you know. You know. Fiddle sticks. I ain't filling out your fucking census, right? And I was wondering why I got a little huffy about it, right? I was a little perturbed, you know, when I opened that door on her, right? I just whoop, standing there, right? Whoop, staring at her.
1: Hey! Here's your census form, sir. No, slam. But it's it's the law. It's the law.
0: I'm like, why did I trip balls on this woman, right? Then it hit me. Well, I do have a mailbox, you know. In the lobby of my building, there's a mailbox. All the mailboxes for the apartment building. Why is the government sneaking around apartment corridors, jamming censuses under people's doorstops when there's a fucking mailbox in the front lobby? Hey... There's uh, something awfully wee going on around here. Bah. Oh, that wasco we Wuhan wabbit. It's the law. It's the law. <sighs> 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 Little schnot. Anyways, folks, if you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, this is a show where I bitch, whine, squawk, bellyache, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self. Y'all the dear listener. Y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. It's the law! (laughs) The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, my own website, janathan-ramcharan.com And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, if you are digging the show, folks, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Sharing is caring, folks. You know it truly is. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, boy, I said it before and I say it again. You know, when you get squawking under them lights, boy, it gets hot. Quick sip of water. Water break, boss. Don't mind me, boss. Ooh. So if you are a returning jet, ge- if you are a returning guest to Jr. the P, if you know, if you may or may not know, maybe you're a new guest. I am an actor extraordinaire. Yes. The spine to the bone, ladies and gentlemen. And damn proud of it. Yeah. I recently got an email. um, Some production company, they're doing some short film. I guess they saw my profile on an online actor's database, which I subscribe to. And they uh, sent me a request for me to audition For their project. Now. Here's where I got a little bit hesitant. Through my experience. The true work. Craft. Of. Anything. Really. This extends beyond acting. Craftsmanship, skill, a lot of times, and very much in the acting trade, comes down to specifics. Quickly put, it's the same thing, or rather, it is what defines good acting versus bad acting. You fill in the blanks. Who is your favorite actor? Whoever they are, believe me, they have put in thought, detail, and craftsmanship, however they do it, to generate an emotional inner life and to bring that forward in their characterizations, in their character work, in their acting work, however they get there. People use um, quickly... Such techniques as emotional recall, emotional memory, drumming up some fucking horror from your past to add emotion to a character, you know. I don't know, somebody killed your dog. You know? You remember that, and then, you know, you bring it to your character work. And then there's also, like, you know, the magic if, which is like a...
1: Sanford Meisner, I want truth, goddammit, truth. Act what's your motivation? Ah bullshit, I don't believe ya. An actor has to feel it from the gut. Feel it from the soul. You gotta live, breathe theater. Ah.
0: Sanford Meisner, he was like this old crustacean, like this old cuckolded Jewish guy in like the nineteen, you know, twenties to like, you know, I think like nineteen eighty, something like that. Net era was a very prominent um thespian actor coach and you know he kind of put his stamp on the acting trade one of his contributions was the magic if you know emotional inner life as I mentioned you know emotional memory you know you you drum up Things from your past, baggage, <laughs> they killed my cat. <sighs> and then, you know, you're crying and belly aching on stage. The audience is like, wow. Right? You know, you that's like emotional memory. Whereas, like, you know, the imaginary if, the magic if, you act as if under circumstances. What would it be like if somebody killed my dog? Now, what would it be like if somebody killed my dog? They killed my dog. They killed my dog. <gasps> you know, and then you fucking well up in tears and you blubber like a baby and the audience was like, oh. And the Oscar goes to Jonathan Ramtran from They Killed My Dog. Dum, dum 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 You walk up to the stage. Oh, I'd like to thank my agent. I'd like to thank, you know. That's acting. The magic if. Or emotional memory. And basically what that all revolves around is specifics. Specifics and craftsmanship. To my point. And... When I got that email from that production company um looking to um have me audition for a role in their um production, I'm like, well first of all, it was a very generic email hello comma we saw your the Profile. We would like to audition for production. All this, like robotic type language, generic spelling errors, punctuation errors. It was like a spam bot. You know what I mean? Unspecific. And we're in a trade of specifics, craftsmanship. I'm telling you, boy. It's laborious to really sink your teeth into a character. There is a lot of time, intellectual mind power. I mean, I ain't so intellectual, fuck intellectualism. But like a lot of mind power, a lot of thought energy, focus, and craftsmanship that comes into the trade of acting and filmmaking. They shit the bed. They missed the boat off the hop. I mean, who, can, who sends an email like that? Who sends a business email, generic spelling errors, grammatical errors, clumsy, clumsy, You only get a first chance to make a good first impression. You know what I mean? So I was like, "Mm, I don't know about this. I was grateful that somebody, you know, took the time to reach out to me, even though it was kind of, you know, like I said, half-baked, unspecific, kind of spam-bought sort of thing. I don't think they really... You know, they, they they kind of fluffed it up a bit. Oh, we loved your profile. Oh, according to your profile, you look like you might be good for the part. Eh, fuck off. Knock it off. You don't know damn thing about me. <laughs> but, um... Uh, from my experience, and nothing speaks like experience, a little too unspecific. And, um... That's extendable to every industry. What comes to mind real quick, MMA, mixed martial arts, you know? There's a big fight tonight uh, in the MMA world. I forget who it is, but uh, suffice to say, one of the things about MMA fighters, mixed martial artists, is the specifics, you know? A typical street fight can go basically the same way. People strike with their... Not the same way, but a typical fight goes like this. People strike with their fists. People strike with their feet. You know, so you can strike with your fists. You strike with your feet. You can grapple, take it to the ground, ground and pound. That's a typical street fight. That's a typical fight. Those can last like... Who who knows? Right? It can be quick. It could be long. But that's a typical fight. People usually get gassed. People usually get you know, uncoordinated, it's clumsy, it's ugly, it's stupid, it's chaotic. It's kind of uncontrolled. It's unspecific. That's a, that's a typical street fight. The average man or woman squaring off. What's so deadly about an MMA fighter? Specifics. Six million ways to die. Choose one. You know, I'm talking fucking jujitsu. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, um, kickboxing, Muay Thai, wrestling, Krav Maga, uh, uh, karate, Aikido, um, I don't know, taekwondo, you know, Shaolin, drunken monk, shadow boxing. On guard, you think you can defeat me? Bring the motherfucking ruckus! I'll burn the motherfucking... You know, there's so many ways to die, right? Six million ways to die. Choose one. So, specifics. It's so relatable across industry. And um, I'm just glad that I know that and I'm trying to use that. And um, through that experience, um, I continue with my craft of acting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. Yes. I am also a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Uh, a few years now, I've been chugging along, doing my ting. And, uh, you know, I've spoke on various importancies of the stand-up comedy trade. that's a word, importancies. You know, I've talked about the importance of belief. I've talked about the importance of resiliency. I've talked about the the importance of fun. And today, I'd like to talk to y'all about, talk to y'all about the importance of style. See this fucking get up on my head? You know, I mean... It's a special occasion. Whenever I'm doing JR the P, I really feel at home. I really feel in the mood. And, you know, it's a little highlight, you know. I would never wear this in public. It ain't really quite my style. It's a little too showy. I don't think I would wear it on stage, you know. But, you know, for a podcast or maybe for a date or, you know, something where it's like I just want to have fun with my style. I don't really want to be, you know too overboard with it. But there's a lot of comics that do do that and that's their style and it works for them. It's a... hearken to the throwback of showmanship. You know what I mean? Show. Spectacle. Three-ring circus. You know? (laughs) Elephants and tigers and clowns and bears and unicycles and midgets and you know flying trapezes you know <laughs> step right up folks see the world famous hairy woman you know she's got a beard on her fucking chin you know like a harken to the old carnival days of showmanship you wear a big bill hat you you know I don't know you you dye your hair purple you you know, you funkadelic, funk it up. You know, wear stilettos, fucking leather chaps, whatever you gotta do to get the crowd's attention. I ain't gonna knock it. You know, it feels good for a podcast to wear something like that. But um, you know, I'm not gonna really push the push the envelope on stage. And um, you know, that's cool. To each their own, and it works for um, various styles and like i said it's a throwback to the old days of showmanship showbiz you know you know
1: popcorn yeah 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 some like i'm fat some like i'm tall
0: some like i'm short skinny legs and all my man james brown soul brother number one he uh you know hardest working man in showbiz there was um that wrestler gorgeous george if y'all recall i don't you know this Harkening back to like, I guess, like the 40s, 50s, gorgeous George. He used to do this thing where, you know, he'd have this little dude or somebody come up and put a cloak on him, you know, wrap him in like a, wrap him in like a a king's cloak, you know? So James Brown's like, yeah, fellas,
1: I'm about ready to do my thing. I want to get into it, you know, like a sex machine, moving and grooving. Cut me off.
0: And he's like,
1: yeah, I want to do my thing.
0: And he, he's like, yeah, put a cloak on me, you know? As legend has it, he got that from gorgeous George, a stylistic approach. Now, I know this might all sound like horse feathers and hoop to doo but it is a part of the show. It can add an extra level of um, enjoyment to an audience. Spectacle. And, you know, it could be as obnoxious as, you know, crazy hats, crazy hairdos, cloaks, um, pyrotechnics, da-da-da-da. It could be something as laid back as, like, you know, wacky t-shirts. When I first started doing stand-up comedy, I had a thing where, you know, I liked wearing... Shirts that had like um, emblems on it, like certain caricatures. I had one with like Ghostbusters, like that big marshmallow man from Ghostbusters. I had a Ghostbuster one. I had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle one. Funky kind of comic book graphic type of shirts. I don't know. Just, I guess that's somewhat the comedic wardrobe. You got that. Or you got like a long sleeve shirts that you unbutton and roll up the sleeves and try to look like an everyman or whatever, you know, or, you know, you know, things like that. It's a part of style, you know, it makes you feel a part of the cart, part of the heritage and the, just from my outlook, you know. Like, you observe. And, you know, that's kind of how some of the greats did it, you know? (laughs) It's the same reason why a lot of musicians wear, you know, leather chaps and fucked up hairdos and stilettos. Because, well, the people back in the day did it, you know? It all started with the pompadour, I guess. You know, a little Richard-type shit. Tutti-frutti! Oh, Rudy, Woo! You know, wearing pompadours and lipstick and fucking high heels. Next thing you know, they're wearing leopard print tight pants and sunglasses and spaced out on acid. And then you got like the glam rock with the poofed up hair and the fishnet stockings and the fingerless gloves. And then you got Michael Jackson with the sparkle glove. Like, it's kind of a stylistic thing, right? Well, that's kind of what musicians did. Well, for a comedian, as a male, I saw a lot of dudes wearing, you know, Bugs Bunny t-shirts or whatever, you know, Superman t-shirts, Batman t-shirts, you know, Ninja Turtles, whatever. Kind of like, hey, I'm just some everyday dude. Or like the, you know, plaid t-shirt with the rolled up cuffs, you know. Uh, I think I heard in the 60s, one of the biggest things was, um, you know, the suit and tie. Definitely, you know. You look at like the Bill Cosby's, the uh, who Richard Pryor's, George Carlin, um, you know, Rodney Dangerfield, I guess he was more like 80s, but like 70s, 80s, but for a while it was like the suit and tie as well, right? So these are things that are important. Style showmanship you know and uh, mine at the moment is kind of like you know just plain tea, plain teas you know it's uh, it says a lot by saying nothing interestingly enough, right? The thing about emblems and images, You know, like, they put a thought into your head, or a vibe into your head. That's why I don't wear emblems or t-shirts like that anymore, with characters or emblems. I don't like the imagery. It puts thoughts into people's heads. You know what I mean? Case in point, like, um, you know, a swastika. You know? The communist hammer and sickle. Even up to, uh, not to compare or align, but... Flags, flags of a country, those are emblematic. They're symbols. They, they get into the psyche. You know what I mean? And they, they say something. Whereas, with a plain T-shirt, it says nothing. It's just a plain T-shirt. And it's an every man or an every woman look. I mean, minus the fucking pork pie hat. Every man. That's kind of the style that I'm rocking with today. That's what I am today. And every man. And uh that's kind of what I'm doing. So style. Very important. It uh it can say a lot, or it could be subtle and subliminal. And uh That's relatable across industry. You know what I mean? I mean, if you're going to be in the business world, yeah, you should wear a suit. You should wear polos. You should look the part. I am a business person. I'd wear a businesswoman's suit. You know, I, I dress sharp and I dress to the point. Or construction, you know? Yeah, there's certain, you know... You know, I guess Carhartt, is that the name brand? Carhartt, Dickies, you know, Levi's, Dungaroos, Rustlers, Wranglers, you know, a certain way you dress to, uh, you know, show that you are a part of that industry, that vibe. And um, I think there is some meaning in that. And it's one extra layer In the success of a career. Hallelujah. So there you have it folks. Jonathan Ramtaran. Actor extraordinaire. Fucking. Comedian extraordinaire. Well I'm both. Quick sip of water. Water break boss. Don't mind me boss. Oh. I'm telling you boy had a couple distractions, you know, mental patients screaming outside my window, noise disturbances in my apartment building. Pardon moi. It's not always easy, folks, you know, doing a podcast in from your home because there's always like interruptions and whatnot. But hey, you know, tender mercies, tender blessings. <clears throat> Someday I hope to be in a studio, a more controlled environment. But now I'm happy to do what I do. Anyway, what I want to talk about today, a couple days ago, I was very fortunate to learn something about myself for the first time in a long time. I learned something about myself. And more specifically, I saw something about myself. You know? There's a difference, right? You know, uh, when you say you learn, it's kind of a cute little thing. I'm learning about myself, and I'm learning, and I'm learning, and whatever. (laughs) No one's... Who the fuck's learning 24-7? Come on. Most people are blind, asleep at the wheel, sheep, sheep, stumbling through life rudderless motorless thoughtless you know i'm learning knock it off right well to see to see what you're learning that's a whole other kettle of, kettle of fish whole other kettle of fish So uh, I've been learning something about myself and I saw something about myself the last couple days. Now check it. You know, I've recently started my own production company, Noi Productions. Yeah. And, you know, I want to bring my acting, stand-up comedy forward. I want to be independent for myself. I want to connect with others. I want to create opportunities. Um, Feature film, documentary, comedic shorts, sketch comedy, whole kit and caboodle, you know, other podcast um, streams, you know, bringing in guests, bringing in different topics, you know, other concepts and ideas. So that's what I'm doing. Noi Productions. And in order to do that, I got to bust my old hump. You know, I got to bust the old hump, you know, busted my chops. You know, I work as a Joe blow schmo. Like everyone, you know, I got a day gig. And, uh, well, you know, the last couple months I was working shipping receiving. Um, I mentioned that on previous episodes. uh, Grounded in your business a two-part series that I did a few episodes ago, Grounded in Your Business, two-part series I did a couple episodes ago. I talked about what was going on in my work life, and uh, I had quit that shipping receiving position. Been on the lam, been looking for new work. Two days ago, where I learned and saw these eye-opening things about myself, I had started a new job, a temp position, Um, a temporary worker position. And, you know, if you dip back into the lexicon of JR the P, many times I speak on uh, my, my time as a temporary worker. I'll post you a couple links to some of my discussion and topic matter on being a temporary laborer. One of the best ones I did, I believe, was episode number eight, very early into the JR the P. library. Episode number eight, I'll post a link. I believe um, I talked about working at a trade show as a temporary laborer. I think that was a particularly good episode. I'll post another link uh, I talked about assembling beds. I got sent to this woman's house as a temporary wo- worker to assemble beds. She had just moved into her home and she had like a little daughter running around the house being all crazy and it was just a chaotic mess of a day. I'll post a link to that one as well. And the beauty of temp labor is you're totally to an extent You know, I retract that. You're not totally. But to an extent, you're free. You're free to, hey, this is the job description. I do the job. You pay me. I'm temporary. And we wash hands. And we walk away. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, it's kind of transient, unstable work. But then again, you have the freedom. You can accept an assignment. You can reject an assignment. You can shift assignments. You can take a day off whenever you want. You can set your own timetable. And you're getting paid, you know, a competitive wage. It could be anywhere from minimum wage to, you know, competitive, general labor Semi-skilled work-trade work pay. It's not the greatest pay, but it's acceptable pay with the freedom of your own schedule, your own timetable. Whereas when you get committed to more of a, temp- of, to more of a permanent position, when you commit to a more permanent com- position, now they own you. You're full-time. You're a permanent worker. And then the job becomes more than the job. It's about control. Miserable people wanting to control you. Right? So, you know, I believe a lot of people can relate to that. And that's why I speak on these things. They're interesting. And they're worth considering as you move forward in your work life, in your personal life, and also, like myself with Noy Productions, in my business life. I have to work these type of jobs to support myself and get my production company to the next level. I have to generate an income somehow, right? And that's the sacrifice of the independent business owner, right? So that's what I'm doing. And uh, (laughs) I started this job a couple days ago. It was at a bakery. (laughs) Packaging baked goods at a bakery. I show up. There's a bunch of workers milling about outside the building. They look miserable, dejected. One of them was kind of nice. You know, I asked him a question. Hey, how do you get to the bakery plant? He was like, oh, it's just over this way. No problem. I can show you. So where are you working? I'm like, I'm working in the packaging department. Then he goes, oh, oh, it's busy, it's busy. Oh, it's really busy in there. Oh, it's busy, busy, busy. First day, huh? Well, get ready. It's going to be busy, 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 busy. I was like, okay, good. I mean, you're not talking to a child. I understand business. If they're busy, that means they have work. If they have work, that means they have opportunity. If there's opportunity, that means I can get a paycheck, what the fuck do I care if they're busy? Look out, buddy. It's busy, busy, b- b- busy, busy. Oh, 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 he was actually like a Hispanic guy. So, oh, senor, oh, they're very busy. Oh, see, sí, senor, they're very busy. They're
1: busy. Ay, 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 they're busy. Oh, they're busy.
0: OK. I want the whole enchilada motherfucker you think I'm scared? I can roll my sleeves up and do a little bit of a work I am a man you know don't let this fucking cute pork pie hat on my head fool you motherfucker I can whip this motherfucker off in a minute put on a hard hat you know put on a helmet you know that fucking GI death stare you know going in for battle you know Anyway, I go into the busy bakery and dirty, dirty, depressing, off the hop. I walk in, it's kind of smells of like cheese dust from like cheese bread and cheese and funk and filth and grease, looking around, dingy, low lit You know, no windows. I go up to this COVID-19 check-in station.
1: Sir, did you, sir, did you do, are you new today?
0: I'm like, yeah, I'm new.
1: Okay, we're going to check you in for COVID-19. Do you experience any symptoms, runny nose, fever, diarrhea, coughing?
0: (laughs) Fucking battery of fucking tests on, do I have any COVID symptoms? (laughs) Do I have, what was it, like, do I have aches and pains? Am I constipated, diarrhea? Like, up your ass with these questions on COVID-19, right? I'm like, nope. And then she goes, oh. You know, she's this little Pilipino lady. Little pino, p- Pilipino lady. She goes, um, okay. For some reason, I can't hear accents the way I used to. I don't, I don't, you know, if you, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. I haven't been doing many accents lately. I used to always do them just to make fun of friends and stuff. But like, you know, I've had Filipino friends, Hispanic friends, Asian friends, whatever. But I haven't been talking to people in a while. Thanks to... <coughs> COVID-19 so
1: the Filipino lady her accent she goes okay but you got to go and get you know you got to check in and you got to put on the put on the, the uniform go get yourself a uniform and put on your uniform and then you got to go do this and you got to do that
0: where do I sign in these clowns actually think I'm there for them you know it's all about them. I'm a servant to them. All these orders, blah, 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 diba da, diba da, Okay, yeah, that's all nice and good, but where do I sign in? Like, I, I want to clock in? Like, I'm on the clock right now. I'm, I want to be making money while I'm taking all these orders, if that's okay with you.
1: First, you get your, uni- first you get your uniform on, then you sign in.
0: Okay, if you want to shit the bed about it, you know, well, I ain't going to squawk. I go put on my bakery uniform. <laughs> There's like these stupid like white pants and this white button-up shirt and I'm tucking my shirt in and eh, whatever, right? I go down to the bakery floor and chaos. All these temporary workers... All these disgruntled supervisors. Nobody's like... Acting professional. Acting peaceable. You, come over here. You, over here. This, that, and Why aren't you doing that? Over here for that. Why isn't this getting done? They're just like barking at people. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, no wonder... You have to go through a temp agency. No wonder you're always frustrated. No wonder, no wonder, no wonder they don't deal with common sense. Explain things. Be calm. Promote an efficient, positive work environment. People will either get the point Or they will have to be transferred on. But when you bark at people, they resent it. So there they are barking at all these people. And I'm like, oh, I see why this place is fucked up. They're morons. So then they send me to like, um, (laughs) I'm opening boxes and dumping baked goods onto like this uh, tray. So that the women can uh, take the baked goods from the tray and box them up. And I'm going to stop. I've done this to dog dick death. I've talked about these little things, these little stupid annoyances in temporary work. Today, I don't feel like it. Perhaps in the future, I will um, get more Look, I love storytelling, I love chewing into these little minutiae details and laying out the footwork, but today I just don't feel like it. I'm feeling beautiful in my little pork pie hat. I, I don't feel like bitching and barking about it. It's just, suffice to say, stupid nonsense. I was at a bakery putting baked goods into a box. Somehow negativity found me. Somehow people that weren't my boss, somehow people that had nothing to do with me, somehow people that didn't notice that, hey, I'm there, I'm working, I have a positive attitude. Somehow they were just myopic. Short-sighted. Short-sighted, self-centered, egotistical. You know, somebody yells at them? Well, then they're going to yell at somebody else. People coming up and yelling and barking about shit when it's like, You do know that, I. first of all, I'm doing what I was told to do. Who are you to tell me anything? The supervisor told me to do this. That's why I'm doing it. So you're just somebody who in your mind thinks to come and yell at me and give me an order. Isn't that what it is? Like, how could you not see that? And first of all, how can you not see that you're yelling at a complete stranger? You don't notice that? That doesn't cross your mind as odd that you were in a full-blown temperamental blowout at somebody who said and did nothing to you? doesn't cross your mind as odd that you can like insert yourself in somebody's life and call their attention. Hey, over here, you! uh, uh, I'm going to tell you what to do. You don't find that odd? That's not odd to you? I would never do that. It makes no sense. And actually, it's kind of dangerous in this world that we live in, you know, people are walking around on eggshells, don't take much to set a motherfucker off, right, so suffice to say, I don't even want to get into it, you know, like, it was just stupid nonsense, and what it showed me, and what I learned about myself, is that... I still have resentments, anger, that can move me and cloud my judgment. I had people, like I said, barking at me over stupid stuff. And I knew that it was nothing. They had no power and they were out of their mind. But it annoyed me because my ego, my self-centeredness says that I'm somebody. How dare you talk to Jonathan Ramchuran that way? My sense of manhood is, um, yes, it's guided by, you know, the love of God, Christ's love. Do unto others as you will have done unto yourself. But there's also this worldly sense of manhood where it's like, you don't talk to me like that because I'm a man. And, you know, puff my chest up. And, you know, hey, buddy, you want to do this? Let's do this. You know, I had some guy, this one guy, like, I had my bag on the floor in the uh, men's change room, right? And I, it's it's break time. I go into the change room at break time. This guy comes up to me and goes, is "That Hey, is that your bag? Get over here. Move your bag. What is your bag doing sitting there? Can't you see that there's a locker there? I mean... (laughs) He's screaming at me because my bag is in front of his locker. There are no empty lockers. There's no place to put your bag. It's a depressing, dirty, disgusting place. A place where only... It's almost... It was like squalor. It was like... Where else should I have put the bag? I put it in the most out-of-the-way, cleanest spot I could, and this place doesn't even factor in that they have multiple employees who need to put their belongings somewhere. That's how they think of their employees. Whatever. Let them just go into a change room like animals and fight over fucking locker space. There was I checked, obviously, when I showed up, I checked for an empty locker. There was no empty locker. So I put it in a fairly clean spot. And I figured, hey, well, if that person needs to get into their locker, I mean, the common sense would say they would just move it. And it's no big deal. And da 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 No, common sense did not prevail. What are you doing putting your bag there? Don't you see somebody's locker's there? And this guy's like flaring up and yelling at me. I'm just staring at him, right? I'm like, I felt drawn to punch him in the face. Because I'm a man. And I'm just staring at him, looking at him, right? I'm like... And he goes, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm like, no, I don't. He goes, you don't understand what I'm saying? I'm saying, move your bag, da 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 And I'm just staring at him, right? I'm like, why didn't you just ask me nicely? Then he backpedals. (laughs) No, no, I I was asking you nicely. No, no, I wasn't screaming at you like a lunatic. You're just imagining it. You're imagining that I was screaming at you like a lunatic. No, no, I did ask you nicely. (laughs) Evil, craziness, stupidity. This is the workplace. This is the world. Nothing new, nothing new. Y'all insane, nothing new nothing new here. Ain't nothing new. And it it boggles my mind how this is the norm. This is the norm. People yelling and screaming over where you put your bag on the floor. People in each other's face about how they stack fucking baked goods in a bakery shop. And I fell for the bait every time. Somebody came at me with negativity. I tried to just be calm and collected. But a little bit of me was kind of bitchy and snippy back. When the truth is, some of the things I've been thinking about is like, when you're met with anger, you got to love your neighbor as you love thyself. Isn't it true that I'm a fucking moron, stupid idiot, who fucks up and makes assumptions and does this and does that? Like... Isn't that true of myself? And, you know, I took the bait every time. There was like five or six crazy encounters. Well, maybe that, like, uh, there was probably like four, four or five crazy encounters I had with these lunatic people. And I felt the anger in me. And, you know, the dickheads at the fucking agency, the temp agency. It was my first shift with them. They were assholes too. (laughs) And um, you can definitely attest to this. Um, Emails. Work emails. There's so much passive aggressiveness, so much anger and contempt in these emails. People can't communicate clearly with their words. At my previous job that I was working, that I spoke about a couple episodes ago, grounded in your business, the job I had quit that I would worked at as a shipper receiver, we were always getting emails and there was so much anger and contempt. And one of the things I was proud about there was I saw that and I handled it professionally and with care and compassion. I knew that people just need to be communicated to clearly. So I didn't take the bait. I tried to send positive, well-worded emails. I didn't try to get snippy or smart-alecky with my responses. Well, when dealing with this new company that I worked for a couple days ago, some of the office dickheads were real snippy and snipey, so I snipped and sniped right back at them. Ah, oh, fuck you, whatever, here's an email dummy. Yeah, whatever, send me this. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Nah, 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 fuck you too. Kind of vibe in communication. So by the end of the day, I was like, you know what? Fuck these people and fuck this job. Quit. I just sent them an email. Yeah, I will not be continuing further. Thank you. One shift. Did one shift with this company. (laughs) And I took the bait. I took the bait every time. That's what I learned about myself. And I was so fortunate for that revelation. I was like, wow. Despite... All that I talk, I still have these angers and resentments. And I need to be unmoved by the careless, thoughtless actions of an uncaring, unfeeling world. i got to love my neighbor as I love myself. Just because someone wants to react at me in a stupid way, it's nothing about me. It's about them. They're projecting. They're treating me very much the way they've been treated. I have to show compassion. Brotherly love. Somebody wants to send me a snippy smartass email, let me respond with care and compassion somebody wants to dictate to me blah 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 blah, about how I'm doing my job even though I'm doing my job even though I'm doing what I was told hey that's nothing to do with me there's something wrong with them and I should have patience with them it's not about me it's about them and that's what I saw In myself, I'm like, I take the bait. I overreact. I have parts of my ego that I haven't dealt with. I don't impose, but I react. I was thinking about it, to be 100% emotionally healthy and communicative, generally speaking, when dealing with people, you should not, I should not impose or overreact. It's nothing personal. It's not for me to impose on a person my wills, my wants. It is not for me to overreact to their words. Nothing personal. That's where I need to be. Calm and collected. And I saw that about myself. I was like, wow. And I I I truly learned something about myself, and I was truly thankful for the experience. because I see now, and, you know, I see now that I can I can be an example, be an example to people around me. Because, you know, the truth of the matter was, in that situation I told you about with the bakery, everything was getting done. There was no need for all the anxiety and the anger and the yelling and the da-da-da-da. You had a bunch of people there willing to work. We were all there willing to work. Why is everybody arguing with each other? We're all there working. What's the big fucking deal? But yet it was a big chaos. They had this one fucking um, supervisor named Babu. Babu. My name's Babu. Babu. He had Babu on his fucking shirt. He walks up to like um, these two teenagers. This one girl, she looked like she was like, I don't know, maybe 17, 18. Same thing with the boy. 17, 18-year-old kids, They're, they were there on time, early in the morning, ready to work. They were working. They were trying. It was like their first day. Babu walks up to him, and he's like, what are you doing? No, you're doing it wrong. You're
1: doing it wrong. No, you do it like this. What are you, hey, hey, like this. Like this. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? Like this. No, th- this way. That-
0: he's like screaming at them, screeching at them. It's like, Babu, you need to fucking back the fuck up put a cork in it, you know, like he was out of his fucking mind and I'm like, what's in his head where he doesn't realize he's talking to people he's never met and people don't generally respond to that type of craziness. But then I thought about it, and I was like, well, you know, Babu must have had something happen to him in his life, man. He must have had people who really mistreated him and screamed at him. And I mean, why else would he be such an asshole, right? I mean, the funny thing is, I've been through my struggles in life, and what I learned is, unfortunately... Ain't nothing new, nothing new, nothing new. Y'all ain't saying nothing new. Nothing new here, folks. Sometimes I used to think I was all... I'm the only one who's ever suffered. (laughs) Then you start looking at life, you're like, oh no, this is the norm. It's normal, unfortunately. It's normal that people are cynical, Self-interested, motivated by their own self-interests, uncaring, unfeeling, you know? Cynical. That's normal. What's abnormal is that people have understanding, compassion, Christ-love, loving thy neighbor as they love themselves. That's abnormal. Taking the time to be like, why is this person acting this way? hmm, barking back at them won't do anything. Maybe showing them some compassion the way I would like to be treated. Maybe that might do something. So, it was definitely a learning experience. I saw that about myself and I was so grateful. And directly directly um, I got a new job yeah it's funny man I quit that job I was like fuck these people fuck this place hey you know what it is what it is I learned something but I can't be here I don't want to be here I'm out I quit that stupid bakery job very next day I get a new job something um, better more pay cleaner work environment from what I've been told I start on Monday and I'm just grateful for that gift that I was able to see my shortcomings and I'm definitely working to address them we need to come out of this point in the finger unloving unneighborly way of life it is so needless needless i don't you know i was reading in the paper one of the symptoms coming out of covid-19 post pandemic they're they're considering oh no is it going to be like a shortage of labor in the workforce is there going to be a shortage of office workers? Is there just going to be a labor working shortage? A lot of people are liking working from home. Uh, yes, the convenience of working from home, that's nice. But, you know, there's a lot of people who also like to be out in the field meeting people. And it's so sad that, you know, I put it to anybody go do a survey. I'm not going to do it, but go do a survey. If you survey people in the workforce, they would say, you know what? The problem isn't so much my job. The problem isn't even really so much the pay. I mean, yeah, I could get a little bit more ambitious, start a side hustle, maybe open up my own business, maybe go back to, you know, maybe up my skills. So it's not so much the pay that bothers me about the job. That's my own thing to address. It's not so much the work. I can handle the work. The work's okay. You know what really chaps my ass about work? The people. It's always the people. It's always these mental patients that impose upon you for no fucking reason other than they're miserable. And this working from home thing since COVID-19, I mean... Kiss those assholes goodbye. You know? Never mind that. Zoom chats. Zoom conference. You know? So, you know, you're never free of them. But, uh, it's just sickening that that's the norm. You know? Type of shit that makes you sick to your stomach. You know? But, I'm glad I saw that. And, I put that out there to anybody. Very important things to keep in mind if you want to be successful in the workplace and if you want to be successful in starting your own business. I mean, I'm somebody who's very much aware of these things and I still take the bait because I got that ego and I got that anger And I got that resentment. And I have to drop it. I'm halfway there. Some people don't believe you can be halfway there. You have to be or not be. But, you know, I'm halfway there. You know? I don't impose upon people. I don't feel a need to state my case to people. But I overreact... What I'm imposed upon. And much of that is due to my artistic temperament. My freedom of mind is what I need in order to do JR the P, my comedy, my acting, my life, my personal sovereignty. I need that space. And when people impose upon it, really fucking rustles my feathers, boy. You know, I really shit the bed when people be squawking at me, getting up in my face, you know? But hey, I'm blessed that I see that, and I'm going to love my neighbor as I love myself. Hallelujah. It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan, reporting live for duty on this magnificent July 10th, in the year of our Lord, 2021. Yeah. Um, Interactions in the workplace Very important Learning how to deal with people It's not always easy They're not worth it half the time But this is what we gotta do The show is available on Apple Podcasts Spotify, YouTube My own website jonathan ramcharancom And again, if you're enjoying the show Getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles Please, help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. Bye. Peace.